0: I don't even know myself. Like, wh- what makes you think you get to know me?
1: I think for triple attachment, a lot of things can feel like intuition that aren't. Mm-mm, mm-mm. That's just you're you kind of getting caught up in your swirling Bermuda bullshit.
0: I'm attached to disconnecting from myself. <laughs> and so, therefore, like, I'm going to project that out into other people as well. I'm like, you have to disconnect. Oh yeah, me there it is. Yeah.
1: Mhm. Yeah, Xander's telling him all of our secrets over here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the big
2: hormone Enneagram.
3: Hi, I'm John Lukovic, a uh, sexual self the 5 ling Tri-fix.
4: Hi, I'm David Gray, Self-Pres Sexual 9 with 1, nine, seven, four, Trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight, Wing 7. Sexual Self-Pres
2: with 854 Fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self
1: social three wing four with a Six, nine, try, if you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review.
2: Welcome back to the Big Hormone enneagram the show for intelligent Chads and horny nerds. <laughs> Lost people. Lost people, degenerates. Um, so we've been we've been talking about. John's new instincts book for the last four weeks, last four episodes, getting into how to integrate the blind spot, and so there's been a lot of content. People have been, you know, making comments about how this stuff has been impacting them. But we want you guys to call in to the love line. We haven't done a love line in a while, and we want to do a love line around people's feedback around uh, John's book. So the number is 323-696. 0647. uh call the love line before monday october 11 because that's the day that we're going to be recording with your any of your comments questions you can even call in just to make weird noises and horny sounds that uh, yeah you've been inspired by just just call into the love line and if you do our screen favorite, our, our favorite comment uh question that we receive that's on the show we're putting out a prize john's got some um outtakes or things that haven't been released or weren't part of the book that he will be sending to whoever is the winner so whoever calls in with our favorite comment most entertaining interesting comment question will receive a prize from john john you want to say something about that
3: yeah you got to be a super nerd because uh basically (laughs) i ended up writing 40 i mean there's a ton of shit i didn't put in the book. but I wrote 40 pages on like the biological and anthropological basis of instinct as I understand it from my research. And so it's like, it's a lot. And I think it's actually really useful, uh, but it's very specific. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> the winner will get that, hopefully, because the winner has read the book carefully and is into this shit. Uh, Alexandra and I are going to be going live on Instagram Live and uh, Facebook Live through the Enneagrammer group. We're going to be on Big Hormone uh instagram.com slash big hormone account and instagram.com slash angry enneagram nine alexander's accounts and we're going to be talking instincts in my book we did one already and it was a lot of fun so we're doing that uh thursday october 7th at 7 p.m eastern time i hope you can make it so today we have a special guest
2: with us xander who some of you guys already know, is um, a participant of our Facebook group, Any Grammar Universe. And he's joining us today because a couple of weeks ago, he posted an excellent illuminating comment about uh, attachment. And you guys know that we've been discussing attachment for the last, God, how knows long, like <laughs> six months, just trying to understand the mystery of attachment. And you know Courtney's been on here to help us articulate, and she's really contributed a lot to our understanding of attachment. But it still felt like something was missing. And uh, Xander posted a comment in the group that blew up because it's excellent and it's it really connected some dots. I think I can speak for everyone here that you know it's it's a, a big connection to be made that was made with that comment. So I wanted to give him a chance to come on here and and blast and share with the world his insights and we can discuss and see what else comes up. So Xander, can you uh tell the people about yourself and
0: yeah. Yeah, I just want to say though that at the end of this this call, like we I don't think we'll understand any more about Tasman types because <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we are committed to not being understood by <laughs> <laughs> by others and by ourselves too. That is true. So I am uh social self pres 911 953 Trifix. One of my friends uh, introduced me to the podcast like early last year, like early summer last year. And I was listening to it and I really vibed with it because I had been learning about the Enneagram for like a number of years before. um, And this just seemed to breathe new life into the practice of it. I feel Mm -hmm. like the things that I was finding was either like transcendental studies of like it's it's that like boomer enneagram institute kind of feeling of like conferences and all these kinds of things like that you have to pay for to like get some sort of certification in some program and you attend workshops with old people um like there's that side of things that i found and like i didn't really vibe with that i'm like i I could learn things from there right but i didn't really get far and then the other side of a lot of enneagram stuff is like this like Really cutesy personality thing, which I think is fine. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine, nah, but like, it sucks. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, when I was introduced to the podcast, yeah, it really breathes new life into it because there's a lot of substance to what you guys are doing. But then also, like, you all, and I mean, I'm being, I mean, I'm I'm social dominant, but like, you all's place in the context of in the enneagram world i guess even though it's really niche um is like disrupting it in a way that i think like needs to happen to move it forward so thank you so then i i like reactivated my facebook account <laughs> whoa just for us yeah no seriously that <laughs> to like join the group to just like see what it was about um, and yeah and and so I just I've just been participating here and there and you've just been fucking loving it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I, I I should
2: say that uh I mean I'm always looking out for people who have serious curiosity about this stuff because that's super rare. And um Xander, you're you're one of those people who always seems to have you know, like really serious insight, you know, the only Mm -hmm. kind of insight that you can have if you've really given something some thought. And so I really respect
4: that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I call it vision too. you know, there's, and there's been a couple of your posts, Xander, that I've grabbed, because they were uh, things that augment some of my ideas and, and I'll be using them in my book <laughs> wow. without credit yeah
5: without maybe, referencing maybe your I sources might,
4: yeah i might give you credit i mean it was <laughs> my idea that you're building on <laughs> we'll do a negotiation maybe you know, percentage you know maybe you get seven percent or something yeah, wow, well, i trial. was gonna
1: say like two but you know yeah.
4: well <laughs> i mean generous. i'm gonna you know, each paragraph is going to have a dollar amount because I'm self president <laughs> 7% of one paragraph. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, read the- go
2: ahead and read your comment and and uh, tell us, I guess, you know, how it
0: came about to be, that you know, how you yeah. realized that. Yeah, I can read the comment and then tell you all, maybe share some of my process of how I came to yeah. it. Um. So the comment was in response to a post. I don't really remember totally what the post was about, but it was about attachment. And I think this person was, was questioning whether they related to it or not, or they related to the some of it, but not all of it kind of thing. So I wrote, uh, I think there is some vagueness with the term attachment in object relations, which leads to confusion about how it plays out. Because technically, frustration types are attached to frustration and rejection types are attached to rejection. What attached means in this latter sense is that there is an ego investment in replaying relational circumstances such that one, say, gets frustrated because the ego is built on a foundation of frustration. For example, if I am not frustrated, something is wrong because from childhood, the habituated survival state is one of frustration. Same goes for rejection. When we get to attachment, however, it translates to attachment types are attached to attachment. This is true in a surface sense, but quite confusing. The question to specify this dynamic then is what relational circumstances are replayed such that the ego maintains itself? More specifically, what relational circumstances must I replay so that I can attach to an object over Mm. and over and over again? From the podcast episodes, Courtney's example for these triangle types is that the child did not feel seen or supported. So they asked themselves, Yesterday I felt seen and supported, but today I don't. What can I do to feel seen or supported? Thus comes adaptation. As an object relations pattern, however, what relational circumstances must be played out for the ego to adapt over and over again? The dynamic of not being seen or supported, i.e. being disconnected from the object. In other words, triangle types actually play out the circumstance of feeling disconnected so that they can adapt and maintain an ego that is invested in adaptation. Simply speaking, I will continue to make it such that I am not seen or supported so that I can adapt and then feel seen and supported. Furthermore, seeking and feeling this disconnect makes me feel individuated, which is actually false individuation and another way the ego maintains itself because I'm just replaying an object relation or a past trauma. This sense, just as 147 are attached to frustration and 258 to rejection, 369 could be said to be attached to disconnect. I make sure I'm eventually unseen or unsupported so that I can feel like an individual and then adapt. We see examples of this where triangle types are often the most heavily invested in saying things like, I relate to this, I don't relate to that, or you don't know who I am, you don't see me, or I'm so misunderstood i am too nuanced to be put in a box while these things might be true there's often a lot of emotional attachment because the ego is invested in replaying this habituated survival state if someone actually saw or supported me and i don't have to adapt then what am i
5: damn
3: that shit is that shit hits hard (laughs) God, I wish we had like air horn sound effects. Yeah, please. I can add some. I will add some. <laughs> God, I think um, I, I want to read this part again out loud just to emphasize it. You said, What relational circumstances are replayed such that the ego maintains itself? More specifically, what relational circumstances must I replay so that I can attach to an object over and over and over again? That's fucking amazing so uh yeah I have some questions but I want to hear like your thought process first
0: yeah um I think my thought process started because I was just really confused with what attachment was in general like it felt like a fuller like a filler word like it didn't really have that much meaning to me Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it's like a filler word for like some general thing that was happening um because like frustration is like so specific like i can i can i feel like i can locate what frustration feels like in my body like oh when i'm frustrated like i can i can feel that Mm. and then with rejection like i know what that feels like and i can i know maybe what it feels like to like preemptively reject someone who like who sees a part of myself that i've rejected like i i can can feel that in myself i mean i'm not either of those i'm not like identified or fixated with either of those but like but i can locate that in my body but like with attachment i was like no like what what does that even feel like <laughs> to me? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it's primarily or like partially because attachment types generally have this sense of unlocatability, right? To the rest of the world. Um, and also because like I am an attachment type. And so like, I'm trying to locate this feeling in myself that is built around being unlocatable. So it's like, I'm going around in circles. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so I really tried to just, sit with myself and like really try to get okay what 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 am I feeling when I'm feeling like quote-unquote attachment like what does that feel like and then also I did some work to tie it back to like the um, foundations of type structure in terms of the centers of intelligence and so yeah there's kind of I guess two parts to how I came to this idea of disconnect I mean first disconnect as in just like my pattern in relationships has always been like this push pull kind of pattern. And I mean, I, I primarily look at it in relationships first because I think that's where like my fixation really plays out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like I make my way into relationships like personal relationships or like in wider settings and I connect with people and it's great, but there's always this point where I feel like I'm too known or something. And I just like rebel against it. I like Mm. I this person maybe sees me too much or like they know me too well and I feel like I have to do something like throw them off like to say like oh you think you know me but you really don't know me like I'm gonna change it up on you and show you like a side of myself that you haven't seen before and like I have like an infinite number of sides so like no one will ever know me and I get to control that
4: Mm. Mm. that's good right there
0: yeah and when I was like trying to sit with this feeling it's like it's less that I I wish someone would know me like I, I don't think that's it because I think deep down I I don't want anyone to know me because my whole ego is built around like not being known yeah. especially to myself yeah so I always have to feel like I have to like change it up and like differentiate or like disconnect from what people know of me and it's always you know in relation to like what people know of me what people see me, how people perceive me um I, I always want to like disconnect and like push myself away from that and then and then come back around
1: can you hi by the way (laughs) um can you put your finger on what it feels like will happen if you get known fully
0: yeah well I, I mean even earlier when you all were like oh this is like the most amazing thing that you've written or like this is you know this is such a big piece like I felt like I felt like I was dying. <laughs> Why?
5: Why? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Um, like, I mean, partially it's because you all are seeing me in in a, in a way, right? You all are seeing me mm-hmm. and putting me out there mm-hmm. into the world. So we're making you known. Yeah. Yeah. You're making me known. And that that is terrifying to me, I think.
2: Is it that we're making you known in a specific, like a facet of you is being made known? And that's not really necessarily the full picture. So that's terrifying. Is that why?
0: No, I think no, no, I think it's just being put out there. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Does
1: it to to me, I feel like as an attachment type, I think it would feel something like now I have to only be that person in front of this group. Hmm. Is that at all correct for you?
0: I mean, maybe. But that's not what's coming up for me. It's it's okay. it's just feeling exposed. I guess mm. it's like I, I've been like hiding this whole time, or like I've been mm, I've been just keeping to myself. So. You know, I've just been living my life, and now 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 like I'm I'm bigger. I, I feel bigger than I want to
1: be, or something. Hmm. And what's your yeah, core I, type again?
0: Nine.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking that it's this attachment to disconnect is going to show up differently. For nine, six, and three. And I'm interested to see to hear about the different different ways that that's showing up. Um, but you know, it's the sort of thing where nines don't want to be defined and it's showing up in in how nines respond to being typed, for example. Like it's mm-hmm. more like rebelling against the categories itself. Like to mm-hmm. to be categorized is like shouldn't be happening. Like, why is it that there are nine types that have distinct type structures and different rules. Like you see a lot of these nine saying, well, I can identify with this type because that's, you know, that's what I think I am. And if you sort of provide any sort of um limitation on what that type might be, they're like, well, I, I identify with this. You know, why are you constraining what I can be?
1: Um, or they might know. morph into that definition.
0: There you go. Right. Yeah. Adapt to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I lose control of my my own definition there. hmm Like I don't even know myself. Like, w- what makes you think you get to know me? That's a good quote right
2: there.
4: For yeah. a touch,
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's rude as fuck for you to assume that you know me when I don't even know me.
4: It's also uh, like, what did you say just a minute ago, Xander? Uh, you're making me bigger than I am or something yeah. like that? Yeah, what? you're making me bigger than I want to be. Okay, well, but the thing is, it's there's the opposite, the exact opposite. Also, I'm bigger than you think I am. Right. Yeah.
5: Mm, Yeah.
1: Interesting.
4: I mean, that's part of nine. Is I mean, that's part of that philosopher of the universe. I'm sitting on top of the universe. I'm bigger. I'm I'm dissipated, as wide as infinity, and you're never gonna see all of me. That's a piece of it, also.
3: Well, so Mike, first question is that you said I'm like, if I start to feel seen and basically and supported, I, I somehow make myself, I'm going to look at the fucking words. Hang on. Um, I continuously make it such that I'm not seen supported so that I can adapt and then feel seen and supported. And, you know, it seems like what we're talking about right now is that the way that nine uh, in particular, uh, like shifts the lens, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, uh, like, which, are you going to see the specific me or the universal me? And like, Mm -hmm. oh, if you're seeing the specific me, now I'm going to go universal. And if you've seen the universal me, I'm going to go specific. But I'm (laughs) curious, uh, Xander, what you had in mind or what you were seeing that is how attachment types make themselves uh, not seen supported so they can go into the whole adapting, attaching game. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I mean, like how, like an example of how,
0: yeah
3: you yeah just like yeah what are you seeing there like how do attachment types make themselves feel not seen and supported so that they can adapt
0: yeah i mean i think for, for me it's just like i i always just tell myself that i'm different from the world or something or like that i like like nobody understands me kind of thing and mm-hmm. um and and for me it's kind of related to i think like how i grew up um and stuff and so I'm always trying to like maintain this sense of <laughs> disconnect, I guess, from from people, so that they they won't they won't see the full me, so that I can always come back with another thing, and uh, and adapt to that. That makes am I am I making sense? Yeah. Yes. You, you,
4: you know, one thing that is occurring to me too here is the trifix thing of you know, in some sense, you know, being a core nine is somewhat of a, a blank slate in a certain way. And so your fixes are kind of what you're doing um, is sort of like the material that you have to play with um, to, to do some of this attachment and non-attachment and adapting and not being seen and being seen and all of that stuff. You know, there's kind of a, because you're kind of, Xander, you're kind of partly doing a uh, your five fix in this mm-hmm. and, and maybe five and three, you know, where there's a certain sort of inscrutable quality of um you're not gonna see me and then um and that brings on you know what you've been describing as far as um this adaptation thing and so forth. I mean i'm my deal is my seven four thing of you know whatever strange, crazy exotic, Um, stuff and kind of you don't you don't know me, um, and people just bringing in that whole adaptation dance with all of that.
2: Well, Um, you know what I'll say to that is that you know that's a good point, but I do think the core attachment to disconnect is there. It's just that the fixes are gonna describe or they're gonna steer in what direction that flavor is gonna how it's gonna show up. Yeah. So, he's saying that I'm gonna change it up so that you can never, you can never really fully see me. I feel like I can see the angle on that is going to be determined on, or it's going to be shaped by the fixes. So, for example, Beth is a six, and she's had this pattern of you know attachment to disconnect, and so always imagining that there is a problem in a relationship, even when there isn't one so that she can then self-sacrifice her two mm. fixes mm-hmm. to show mm-hmm. that her adaptation is I'm going to sacrifice in this situation where I don't feel supported or I've even imagined that I'm not supported mm-hmm. like there's a problem here and I need to martyr myself in order to make it work and so for example um you know Beth has kids and I don't have a problem with I mean I don't Y'all know that I'm not attracted to being a parent, but I love her, and so I don't have a problem with her kids. But she continually, continually, imagines that I still have a problem with mm-hmm. her kids, and that that's like a roadblock. And so then she will somehow have to um, self sacrifice, work through this problem that doesn't exist. There is no problem, but this is sort of the the disconnect that's replaying itself. Unconsciously for her, that she's imagining all these problems that aren't problems, so that then she can then self-sacrifice or martyr herself to adapt, because that what that's what makes her feel like herself. And mm-hmm. so I can see how, you know, like what xander's is describing might seem more obvious because he has five and three, but it's just I I'm seeing from my perspective different flavors of not being located. Um, mm-hmm. So it, Seven and four, it might show up as just like, what's the next wild thing that David's gonna get into next? You know, just like (laughs) some way for that to create, you know, (laughs) that to create that disconnect. It's like, you know, that is how that's gonna show up, and so that's I'm just looking at
0: how each attachment type is doing this, but you know, it's gonna look different depending on the fixes. Yeah, I think the, the the question is is making a little bit more sense to me now that I've heard a couple of responses too, and I think, I mean, to go back to your question, John what I actually feel, I think is, is loneliness Mm. is yeah. is like, I am by myself or I am only me. And just as um, Beth thinks that there's problems, I always think that I'm alone. And I think that is, you know, influenced by the five fix, but I do it in like a five, a five fix way. I reinforce it with a five, five fix way of like, Oh, I, I am going inside and I'm alone because no one else really sees what I'm seeing here. No one no else is really thinking about this in the way that I am. And so, then that's, that's, I think how I disconnect or I, I disconnect from the world. And then I show it again to the world so that they can see what I've been working on or what I've been thinking. And then when they don't, that's what i'm like see like you don't understand me that's why i'm alone so i'm i keep on replaying that loneliness
3: i guess Mm. so that's that's excellent because there's a couple things you're hitting one is like it adds even more clarity to why four and nine are confused all the time Mm -hmm. uh like you know there is this like under under the hood of the nine is this kind of sad boy sad girl thing (laughs) um I mean, sad, it's different and it's it's just it's just different flavor than four which is marked by frustration and you know whatever it's like more of a, a an active dis- despair than a right you know yeah then the sad thing but also like the loneliness observation is great because uh tell me if this hits or not but the loneliness like because there's a template for what the attached state feels like that can never actually be realized as an adult through other uh circumstances like it's kind of a a memory of what it's like to be in a merged attached Mm. state with the parental figures like in early infancy and so like nothing is going to re um constellate that dynamic as an adult And so part of, uh, you know, the individuation process as, as I I think it was, uh, Alexandra maybe, um, talked about for us, like it's a a process of, of enduring and and becoming lonely because, Mm. uh, rather than having these ghosts of your parents that you're sort of trying to connect with in the present moment, having their ghosts now, because they're actually memories from the past that you're trying to. Reforge the same feeling of relationship with. Instead, as an adult, you don't have those, and you have to like be lonely and individual to uh, to meet another individual. Is this making sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Nancy? What
2: have you noticed any pattern of attachment to disconnect? I, I'm curious to see how that how that might seem from a three perspective. Mm-hmm.
1: That's tough. <laughs> um there's been a lot of like things throughout that uh xander has brought up that i'm like oh yeah and then it sort of like dissipates and i'm like oh, there's something there it's hard to like grasp a thing
4: <laughs> It it actually yeah it's weird because i'm trying to stay in this conversation and it's really hard to find it's, it
1: it's really hard. It's really hard to find it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, 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 oh darn it. It's
2: yeah, gone. I, I will. I'll point out the the experience that I had with um, um uh, sexual three and where you know, it was kind of a difficulty in locating how she felt about the relationship. And I guess the fear was that the person that I was seeing or that I was appreciating at the time was I saw something and for me to say and she would be like you know why why are you interested in me and I'd say I'm interested in you for these reasons and it's almost like she would freak out that I had mm. located something about her that I was into and I think the fear was that what I was locating that there maybe there wasn't anything there or mm. like or that there was a sense that it felt like she was pushing away from the idea that she could be located.
1: Well, I think um, for me, I've had that experience and I kind of have that experience with my current partner on and off. It's just, you know, it's a push and pull of um, if I'm located, there's nothing left.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: That's good. That's big. You know, I feel. Like
1: there's there's like that's all I am. And like what's left after that? How do I keep their interest? I don't.
4: Mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's got this, it's this paradox thing where you're, you are wanting to be accepted, located, seen, and so forth. But then when you get it, then you do something to reverse it.
1: Well, yeah, it's like, it's like, once you get it, you've reached the end of the book. And then what do you do?
4: And so then that would stop the pattern.
1: So you've got to make sure to reformulate
3: the pattern. Yeah. Yeah, That that goes with uh, Xander's last sentence of basically if someone actually saw support (laughs) me and I don't have to adapt then what am I? Yeah. yeah. I am nothing. Yeah and I've
2: I've uh, I mean because I'm I'm a pretty direct guy and I have strong reactions to people so I've had this (laughs) recurrent experience where I'd meet an attachment type and I'd say you know I like this this and this about you and then something would happen where they they would seem like they need to push away from that and it was this pull yep. thing where they cut it off and I'm like okay so this person's not interested and then they circle back around to try to make it work again and I never understood what this pattern was is <laughs> yep. from my point of view it's it's so hard to find people that you're interested in out there in the world so when it does happen it's like dive in go go for it And from the attachment point of view is like, well, I'm seeing this aspect of this person that I appreciate and I'm letting them know that. And I'm assuming that if they have similar feelings, then we can just dive in. But what ends up happening is they create a problem to create Mm -hmm. some kind of separation, but then they act like they need to bridge that gap that they just created. Mm -hmm. And so this pattern of disconnect and then adapting to bridge, to, to sort of get come back to the connection is what I've noticed with attachment. And I've that Xander's comment really completely opened that up for me. It's like, holy shit, this is the attachment thing, is that there always has to be this sort of uh, way that we're not really on the same page so that they can make it work.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Xander's mm-hmm. telling them all of our secrets over here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and one, one thing that, that, another thing that led me to it is, is during the early object relations episodes with Courtney, the attachment felt so different because how she was framing the um, the scenario, the childhood scenarios, or whatever for attachment types, it was a it was a question. Whereas for frustration and rejection types, it was a statement. So like, oh, for frustrations, you did not meet my needs and you never will, right? That's a statement. And for rejection, it's, it's also a statement. You did not meet my needs and you don't need to because I don't have them. But for attachment, it, it it was a question it's like hmm, like why do I feel different today why are they not meeting my needs oh is it because I'm doing this is it because I'm... so it's like it's a question whereas for the hexa types it, it was it was always statement
1: mm-hmm. and I think
0: that, that questioning quality is why there's this push-pull cycling never-ending thing mm-hmm. that the attachment types are doing so
4: you're saying the question is accurate to attachment or it should be a statement i think it's accurate
0: yeah yeah because the question and
4: like i'm i keep on replaying
0: the question Mm
5: -hmm. and
0: how i always replay the question is to never have an answer yeah so you can't have an answer in order for (laughs) testament to work yeah
3: yeah dude that's Mm. huge yeah that's interesting yeah and and it's like uh you can see there's so much stuff that's making sense from the point of view of like the way people self sabotage in relationship and connection mm-hmm. and intimacy and then the ways people like turn you know reaching a good relationship or a good dynamic into like just an identity because it's it's constant like like what's my love language you know this an enneagram type and all this kind of stuff that people get into to try to get the good attachment and but it's an attachment that has like a the ideal feeling of attachment is unreachable
1: yeah i think um i i experienced that a lot at the beginning of my relationship i would create problems and then fix them and i would Mm -hmm. be like you know it would help if we did this and like this 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 would be helpful so we, we should do this and it's like it took me a while to realize that that was kind of just made up
3: yeah i mean like uh it's interesting let's see try not to reveal too much uh (laughs) <laughs> my relationship with attachment <laughs> type, uh, you know, I think like we both have been playing out, uh, you know, like like we we just moved and in together, and that's you know just brought up a lot of stuff, uh, and it's been illuminating a lot of both of our patterns in relationship, mm-hmm. and you know I'm I'm the perfect boyfriend and man, so you know it's not really any <laughs> my fault, but uh, right, <laughs> but. One of the things that's been interesting in terms of the attachment thing is like or that that Alexander will like call herself out on is this sort of like actually this is not really a problem or you know like mm. like there's a lot of like like okay now we got to work on something or there's something wrong or something's different and it's like it's mm-hmm. not different it's like maybe we're just tired tonight <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. and 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 it's it's funny because um as we've gotten to been together longer, you know, that a certain, um, tempo and pattern establishes itself. So, you know, uh, we are very passionate with each other. And if there is like a, a night where we're not feeling passionate, um, and this is not saying this is actually what happens, but this might be an example. Um, it, it'll like seem like, oh, oh, something must be wrong or something's mm-hmm. changing. And it's like, no, it's right. just, it's just a, it's just a circumstance thing. It's not actually a problem. And, um, so her, that'll activate her attachment, uh, seeking. And so part of like what, uh, sentence of Xander's that last sentence of like, if someone actually saw support me and I didn't have to adapt, then what am I in my book? Like I talk uh, at length about, like I talk about the difference between being and function. And I think maybe we have not covered that in the podcast. Um, but the, the main idea Mm -hmm. in the Enneagram is that, um, you know, that our instincts are functional
5: mm-hmm.
3: and our personality is functional. It's based on achieving certain results. It's based on doing something to get something mm-hmm. and that our, our essence, our being is, a, is, is just there. And the problem is that we are so caught up with the sparks and bigness and energy and emotion around doing things that we lose the sensitivity and attention on our being. And the result is that we start looking for essence through function. We start looking through essence through doing things around our instincts. And so when we are not present to essence or to our being, we don't have some center of gravity of being developed. Uh, this sense of um, if I, someone actually saw and supported me and I don't have to adapt, then what am I? It's like, what is being seen you know? in this case? And who can I be when I'm not having to do an ego project? That on one hand is a kind of liberation, but it's a scary liberation because I'm so used to locating myself as the one who has to do something. And this could be attachment or rejection or frustration, but in terms of attachment, it's like the adapting, the kind of getting there, the kind of working things out or sabotaging that is like how I normally know myself. So this becomes... A kind of place where if people are actually looking to have the quality of relationship that it's like the attachment has a template for the relationship it wants or the relatedness it wants but it keeps going through it from the point of view of instinct and 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 function and it has to be some kind of shift into being and to be able to just be with somebody does that make sense
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's that's the work that is hard to locate and really hard to do mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. kind of like boring i guess you might say it is boring
4: well yeah because you're thinking you need to it's your that manager thing you need to do something mm-hmm. to get there in a certain way whereas it's largely a relaxation of the doing exactly yeah yeah just it
2: illuminates that everyone has a different different conditions for feeling like a person Yes. In, in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just if you don't understand where, what those conditions are for your partner, you know, they're not going to make sense. And, you know, for me, getting into a relationship, it's, there's a certain massive hump of rejection that needs to be overcome. It's like once I can, once someone can get through the filter of my rejection bullshit, then it's like, then we can just build from there. And so you know, the idea of a, of reoccurring problems that need to be fixed or um, doesn't really compute because getting there is such a huge obstacle mm-hmm. that if you can get to that point, then it's kind of like you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I see happening with um, you know my relationship with, with an attachment type is that there are like there is an attachment to having certain problems keep coming up again. And for me, it's like once I've dealt with a problem or addressed the problem, it no longer ceases to be a problem. <laughs> it's like, but that's not the, you know, if there is a need to always have to be uh, working hard or showing that you're working towards fixing something, then um, that problem has to keep coming back up again. And so that's what I've been noticing is that, um, you know, what, what is the relationship for an attachment type when there isn't something to fix or there isn't something to, there isn't some, uh divide between us even if it's imagined to overcome um you know because for me it's like well here's a problem let's fix it and so well that's not the point here the point is i need to show you that i'm doing something uh to adapt to this relationship Mm. so yeah i've been thinking about that just you know how some of these reoccurring things keep popping up as a way to create a separation so that Um, or problem, or something that we should work on, and I think, like John mentioned before, how there's a huge market for, like, working on relationships. People are always working on relationships, and there are all these different uh, avenues that people are attracted to um, how to have the ideal relationship, but what I'm realizing is that what people are attached to as attachment types is in not having the ideal relationship. Like it has to continually, there has to be a problem so that we can work on it,
3: so that I can show you that I'm working on it. One of the things that does keep the problem, so to speak, that we can be a, the that the we need to adapt with going is our lack of integration of the blind spot. Mm-hmm. Like that is one of the major major issues of any relationship because the blind spot not being integrated creates fucking problems on all kinds of levels for any kind of relationship if we're talking romantic relationships especially where you know uh being social blind doesn't make you as accessible and attractive and available to your partner being uh sexual blind like you could have a perfectly loving relationship that's totally dry and stale and no one wants to change or transform in it and being self-presence blind can be this like uh parent child kind of dynamic that has to you know, occur for uh, the relationship to happen. So, you know, one of the key ways that we we keep uh, problems going is going into our stacking to try to resolve things mm. or to relate mm. to our partners or, or whatever dynamics, and dealing with it from our habitual, you know, instinctual priority rather than being present with all three instincts, including that information, because a lot of times, uh, what uh, you know, like, we might change the relationships that we're in, if we listen to all three instincts, we might get to a place that we actually feel we can relax, in, and that would threaten the, the whole process.
2: So I'm curious about this, uh, from Nancy and Xander's point of view, because you, you all learn, I'm assuming, are in relationships with other attachment types. Um, how are you navigating that? Sort of, you know, like it's different attachment types, I'm assuming, but like, how are, have you noticed, have you noticed this pattern in your partner and how is it working out interfacing with your own pattern of attachment?
0: I I can't look at anything specific right now, but I wanted to respond to something that you were saying earlier in terms of there always having to be something to work on in a relationship, like creating problems so I can do something. Um, and I think that relates back to the, like the object relation of, for the attachment type that I am the problem.
5: Mm.
0: Like, good point. point. Yeah. Like I, like, I have to be the one to like, do something so that, you know, the parental figure can, can, uh, can meet my needs. Right. So if that's the, the thing that I'm playing, then I have to keep problems cropping up because ultimately i am the problem here huh that's great that's
1: that's that is a really great insight i think um there's one uh like self-help quote i guess you could call it uh that's always really resonated with me that's just like stuck with me for a long time which is something along the lines of you always have to assume you're the one or you're the most aware one in the couple. It's like you always have to assume that you're the one who has to who has to kind of like carry the team. occasion. Yeah. Carry the team, solve the problem kind of thing.
3: So you mean like you're the one that has to be present first, not necessarily more aware first, right?
1: Yeah, that exactly. Like yeah. You, you it's it's your problem to fix basically
3: that's got to be an attachment point of view right
1: <laughs> that's probably <laughs> what it is yeah
3: <laughs> another thing that I encounter a lot with attachment types I mean I can count as in everybody but just thinking specifically from the lens of attachment like you know attachment type being with a partner it's not always that I'm the problem as the attachment type because uh, a lot of times attachment types will get with partners that don't see them and it will be this thing of like my partner can't get on this, on board with me. I think we talked mm-hmm. about that before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, but I get what you're saying that there's like there is this sense of me being a problem at the same time. I'm trying to like get clear on, on what I'm getting at here.
1: It's a bit oh, of a martyr kind yes. of complex.
3: Yeah. Yeah, because it's both getting wrapped up in
2: situations where um, that don't work, but saying that I'm. I'm well attachments like I'm just going to get into this so I can get the attachment and I hopefully this will become something that works because I'm going to make it work. And so there's a sense of um wanting a relationship where there's a gap between being seen and supported. This idea that there's um it's just not working. It's not really what I want, but if I I have this opportunity to adapt to a situation that doesn't work and hopefully make it work but then it just becomes this never-ending cycle of just trying to make a situation that's not working
5: work
1: well yeah and it it in that scenario it is your fault if it doesn't work right then it's you're not right. working hard enough mm-hmm. so you are in fact the problem while yeah, being you, the yeah. most awake one
3: <laughs> but I'll, i will see i'll see like uh like, I've, you know, like had some clients and stuff with partners who I'm, they're like, there's there's not a lot going on here, you know, like, and it's like, but yeah, yeah but if only they got it together mm-hmm. and it's, yeah. it's, and it's more like, well, I think you're choosing them is also you not getting it together. You know, it's not just that yes. your partner don't live right. up to the expectation or something. That's yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a big one. Just in
2: contrast to my own perspective. Uh, as a rejection type, i I'm a hexad a hex hat boy thinking about um, it's pretty deterministic in terms of things either fit or they don't fit. And yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. the the, tra- the trap is to see things that are not fitting as fitting and trying to force them to fit. So there's a reality, distortion there going on with the hex hat. But with attachment, what I end up seeing from my perspective is this relationship is falling apart in multiple different ways, but attachment types keep bringing up different angles on well if we can work on this then we can make this relationship work and I'm like yeah that's true I guess you can make that aspect work but what I'm seeing is this was a relationship that shouldn't exist exist. (laughs) it shouldn't be you know you're trying to revive a a corpse it's not alive Mm -hmm. but you're gonna stick by it and try to resuscitate this thing that's not alive at all Um, so yeah, that's one thing I see the trap of uh, attachment types. Well, even like in the context of a breakup where they just, you know, lots of people just stay in these relationships that are practically over for years, um, working on them, working on different aspects and maybe they improve slightly, but like the core foundation of the thing isn't there. Like these two people don't really want to be together. They're just making it work. And, uh, that's what I see.
1: Um, to speak as an attachment type, uh viewing attachment as the best type, uh Alexandra and I were actually talking about how attachment types have this perseverance yes that's true that the other types just don't have, but mm-hmm. we can stick with something yep. for so long, and like you know it's just this it's a gift and a curse because usually it's a curse we stick with things that that you know we shouldn't stick with and it's too we realize it too late or it's been too long and now we've lost years to it but there's also that what if we have that kind of wish that i feel like that hope that other types don't have sometimes Mm -hmm. just to reframe it a bit (laughs) no i think you're right
2: yeah
3: I mean, I've mean, was on here because she just she really resonated with this stuff and i don't know like i feel like there's something still i'm i'm not quite like it's there's something here that i'm not quite it's like still unsettled for me i'm sorry i interrupted you i oh no that's
2: fine i was just gonna say that the thing the that perseverance that you were mentioning nancy that i've seen uh because a lot of times people imagine oh an eight or a seven like a badass type but i've you know if you watch people who stick with really difficult things uh they tend to be attachment types like Mm -hmm. just like you know you think about why would anyone want to do this extremely difficult thing like climb mount everest or compete (laughs) in a really difficult sport well into your 40s like these are um you know to be attachment types nines and sixes right. and even threes that and threes. Can really yeah just really fucking self-sacrifice to get to a certain point and um yeah i don't eight, eights aren't people sometimes talk about how eights are supposed to be champions for the underdog i was like i don't think you realize how fucking self <laughs> self-contained <laughs> and selfish eights can be not not to discount eights who do stand up for the underdog but we're talking about a hexat type there's real really no uh, attachment to the goodness of uh, i don't know just sticking with a difficult
3: situation as long as the attachment type would yeah it's kind of like like how does an attachment type use their superpower for the right thing you know like right mm-hmm. the like that is the beautiful thing about attachment types is that they can really stick with something and endure and have a lot of re- uh, inner resolve and strength that hexad types like uh we can look strong on the outside but there's kind of a brittleness that uh that is on the inside of the hex head types yep and so and that's i mean that's why we like peace out fat like You know, I'm frustrated or I reject it so quick. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. Um, And so it's a matter of like, how does an attachment type use their uh, enduring powers uh, the right way for good and for like, for the sake of Mm -hmm. like genuine love and not just to play out the attachment to disconnect. Like that's the sort of the inner question and I and I think it has to do with, I mean, maybe this is my bias as a hard type, but something about identity. Because I think when attachment types uh, source too much of their self-concept externally, they get caught up in trying to make the external see them, basically, but from a place of like from an identification with the non not seen identity. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: And and oh, so good. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, put it simply, like getting in touch with myself, because both adaptation and disconnect is still related to like the external, Mm -hmm. as you're as you're saying. So, how do I get in touch with myself despite the external, or like regardless of the external, whether or not I yeah
3: see me or don't see me in terms of what like whatever that means, right? How do I see myself? (laughs) Right. And then using that as a, a, a center to choose consciously how I attach words are shitty, but like using that, that capacity to stick with something.
1: Yeah. And I think the hardest part is finding, um, figuring out what you should stick with and using that intuition correctly. Because I think for triple attachment, a lot of things can feel like intuition that aren't. Mm -mm, mm -mm. that's just you're kind of getting caught up in your swirling bermuda bullshit um and you start bullshitting yourself and then you don't know where the bullshit starts and where it ends so i i view it as uh kind of it starts even before like getting in touch with yourself it's like you know finding yourself first i don't know if that made any sense
3: (laughs) yeah can you say more about what uh like false intuition like things that can feel like intuition that aren't
1: um yeah but i don't really know how or what what do you want to hear john um so
4: (laughs) don't adapt to what john wants
1: too late too late (laughs) (laughs) it already happened (laughs) um i don't know there's just a lot of like Sensors, I feel like that I'm constantly putting out.
5: Mm, And mm
1: -hmm. I don't know, it almost feels like to me, fishing. This is a really dumb analogy, but in my head, this is what it feels like. It's like I have a bunch of like have you ever seen one of those big tuna fish fishing boats where they have a shit ton of lines out? Oh, yeah. And they're just waiting for one of them to hit. Mm, mm -hmm. And it's like a lot of those lines shouldn't like for me, a lot of those lines shouldn't even be out because they aren't even like attached to anything important.
5: Yeah. yeah. But if
1: it hits, I'm going to focus on it. And that's like, oh, that's my intuition. But it's not. It's not really your intuition. It's something else. It's your drive to attach to that person or it's your three taking over and wanting. It's your self-prized three telling you that you need to make money this week. So you're going to do this. And that's actually your driving motiv- motivation is mm. this new hobby, but you're actually just doing it for money.
3: So uh, I appreciate how like there was, like we could feel you kind of like ad- adapting to me or something, or fishing mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And then when you stopped doing that, it just came really beautifully. Like I don't think your fishing metaphor was that at all. I think that was like I got that now.
1: Cool.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I
2: think about you know just in the context of enneagram groups and people's responses to enneagram descriptions. I just keep thinking of like. Anytime anyone posts a description about sixes and you ask sixes
1: mm-hmm. what they
2: think about that description, every fucking six is like, well, it depends or yes,
1: but
2: you know, yes, but and like and I and not just for six, but I, I'm seeing how all three types three, six, nine, um, mm-hmm. have that aversion to being located and like I don't know who said it earlier, but kind of like I haven't located myself. So what the fuck makes you think you can locate me? So that disconnect is even showing up the way people respond to descriptions. Because even for me, I'd be like thinking, yeah, there's the essence of this is, tr- is true for me. But it, no one can describe a person. Uh, but it seems like that's what attachment types fixate on is like, no, it's not. It doesn't fit.
1: Yeah. I get the legitimate like heebie-jeebies when someone like tries to put me into a description. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> Like, I feel like I feel like I got like bugs under my skin or something.
3: When you're like located abruptly, does that like, yeah, that that threatens to evoke loneliness?
1: Uh, I think it threatens to, yeah, I guess loneliness, shallowness maybe would be a little bit better for me.
4: Mm, what do you mean?
1: Mm. Um, like, because
4: if you can be defined, then you're
1: there's not nothing deep. left.
4: Mm, okay.
1: Right. It's like, it's just, there's nothing left. And then
2: it's like, I'm going to see it as like there, if I can see you uh, as an attachment type, then there isn't any angle where you might present yourself as fixing a problem. Like it's almost like if I can't locate where you're at, then there's endless opportunities to make it work. Like there's always going to be another angle where you can, all right, let's, let me present this aspect to you to, to make this relationship work. But if I can sort of see the outlines of where someone is located, which means that their problems are going to be defined to a certain degree, Mm -hmm. then, and we're identifying what the problems are and we're working on them together, then there's no real avenue for that person to make a display of Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sacrificing myself mm-hmm. to make this work anymore. So that's what I, I see as the conflict um, in my relationships with attachment types is like is that there is that need to always kind of have, well, you're not quite getting it. So and I'm going to make it work from that place of you're not quite getting it, or this situation isn't quite what I want it to be, or there's a problem here, but I'm gonna adapt to that. But if like, if I can identify, all right, this is where you're at. It's like, no, 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 no. Here's the new problem. And I'm going to adapt, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And mind you, this is all very subconscious. Yes. So, oh, totally. Yeah. To those listening who aren't attachment types, don't you go around thinking that all attachment types are over here. Like, no. Ooh, we're going to move the goalposts just for fun.
0: Right. <laughs> right. 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 And another, another piece of this disconnect thing uh was looking at the um, foundations of type structure in terms of the centers of intelligence Mm -hmm. and the commonality between the three attachment types is that each one is identified with the center that is disconnected from the other two
5: Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm.
0: and so this creates i think for each of them like a duality of experience like i mean for sixes it's it's either I, I think or I act or live and that produces like the phobic versus or and phobic within, within all sixes. And I think a similar thing can be said for nines and threes, but in different ways. And so this internal disconnect is projected into my relationship with other people. So you're
2: saying that the inherent disconnect that each of the attachment type uh, has with their home center is what they're projecting on Everyone else
0: right that's where that's where the I don't even know myself like how how can you know me yeah comes from that's big
1: mm. do you think that can cause a bit of uh judgment towards those who feel like they know themselves fully
3: from attachment types, you mean like
1: yeah, 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 from attachment types I don't know <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I, mean, I mean i I think so like I mean uh, something Alexander and I talk a lot about is. Like, you know, when people, I mean, oh, I know it's uh, through a social blind style, but a lot of times, you know, she'll we'll see like attachment types reacting to something I post with like this, how dare you feel, be, feel so confident in what you're saying or something. or like, how, <laughs> yeah. how dare you feel so confident in, you yeah, like your assessment, like it's like the, the tone or the attitude of, of confidence or what I don't even think I'm being confident. I just think I'm stating something. Mm -hmm. and uh but that will elicit a certain like you know i guess it's like a a lack of humility gauge or something Mm
1: -hmm.
3: right well yeah
1: yeah the reason i ask that is because i experience a good amount of that and i can't tell if it's (laughs) if it's three or or like attachment or where that comes from but there's there's a lot of like if you act like you know i'm like "Mm, i don't like you Mm -hmm. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it's yeah. weird coming from a, a hexag dominated family where everyone has a strong opinion about everything and it's immediate you know like just boom you know like you already know how right. you feel and it's like how something. do you already
1: have that you haven't even thought about it you didn't even yeah, give and, yourself time
2: yeah and that that's a thing um i mean from like an A perspective from Mm -hmm. there's a lot of speed with how quickly I can assess something in my body so it feels like for me looking at everybody else is like what's taking you so long what (laughs) what is taking you so long and realizing what needs to happen next and so uh, when I see indecision from attachment types I start projecting all kinds of things on people like they already know and they're hiding it Mm -hmm. Uh, yes because for me it's like Mm -hmm. I knew like five hours ago, you know, what needed to happen and, or just people taking so long to make decisions. And so I started imagining that people are, you know, doing all kinds of crazy shit because I can't imagine why it would take someone so long to, to find their location on anything.
1: My, uh, my mom is a, is a hexad in a family of attachments. And um, I see that frustration play out in her a lot. (laughs) like a lot on a daily basis if we're all hanging out together. She's like the one like you can see it in her body. She gets almost like jittery, like oh my god, hurry up. Yeah. Just yeah. even even just talking to her and it's like I cannot hurry up.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, there's always a like don't don't get it twisted like we still have to process and hexatypes types still have to uh figure things out, but sure. I guess what it comes down to is that Hexat types are not afraid to start off with the location like this is where I'm yeah at right yeah that's now. a great distinction yeah i'll yeah, start off i'll start off here this is where i'm at and i'm gonna i could change my mind five minutes from now but i'm not i'm gonna put my my foot in the ground uh and it seems like the attachment thing is you know i don't even know where i'm at
4: and you know let's just make it work well, as we I'll, go along also i think it's a, a thing with attachment types is that The answer or the thing they come forth with needs to be um, well rounded.
1: It Mm, needs to have
4: considered everything. Mm. Yeah, because if it hasn't, or be inclusive or something, right?
1: If it hasn't, I feel like it's almost like we haven't done our due diligence.
3: Well, and and it seems like it's got some of flavors or elements of that, uh, like attachment assumption of needing to get on. We're getting trying to get on the same page with each other
1: yeah yes. yeah it is you yeah. know there's
3: there's like uh because like uh hexad opinion generally speaking does not consider that at all yeah you know it's yeah. like why would be this is where's this my location and so <laughs> why like, do we
1: have to have the same location
3: right yeah and so like the like for for interacting with an attachment type you can feel that there's just trying to find the, the the common ground or the agreement or the whatever And searching for it and kind of extending that invitation in you. And so, of course, their location is not clear immediately because they're they're negotiating it or navigating it in real time.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. In a good negotiation, you don't start out with an answer. You work towards one together. (laughs) (laughs) Was that the most self-pressed three thing that I could possibly say in that moment? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'm just realizing how it's most conducive to arriving, getting on the same page or negotiating a location. If you start from the assumption that I'm not being seen, I'm not being supported or there's a disconnect here. Mm, so if, you started, yeah. if you started with a location, like uh, then it's a lot harder to negotiate together
3: what that location is. So, I'm, yeah, I, those two things go hand in hand.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: yeah because because what i will encounter at least with nines uh is like i you know i have a pretty quick assessment of my th- feelings not just in the moment but also how i've historically responded to different things and in, a, in to a point where it gets me in trouble because i overly dismiss things too fast yeah. um but i'll see attachment types especially nines it's kind of like a circumstance—it's very similar to a circumstance that they reacted to in the past—comes up, <laughs> and and it's almost like it's a new thing, totally. You know, I'm like, but you hated this, like when this happened last time. But
1: maybe not this y- time.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, I think I told a
2: story about uh, Beth um, having two horrendous haircuts. She had a haircut by this lady once before, and it was it was horrible. It was. Like you go and saying, <laughs> I want, I want you to cut the sides down a little bit. And then you leave it the mohawk. That that's how bad it was. Oh God. <laughs> and, and like, just like the person didn't even listen to what you said. Uh, and so she's been telling me about this uh, lady uh, and the, how horrible the haircut was. And then she said, she's getting her haircut again. And she was going to go back to this lady. And i was like, why are you going back to this lady? And she's like, "Well, I mean, I only need her to do like just a little bit. I just need her to take off just a little bit from the sides. Like, what? How can she fuck it up?" And I was like, "All right," but I was thinking in the back in my mind, "There's going to be a problem." I mean, there, there, like, it's, it's, it's not just like this person sucks at cutting hair. This person mm-hmm. did not listen to anything you said whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So obviously something's wrong. And if, lo and behold, of course, she went, got the the haircut, and it was a disaster because this woman like chopped off. She just wanted a little bit of hair off. And this woman just chopped off like more than half of her hair and was super short. And it was like, she was like, Oh, it, but it was, she was she kept saying that it wasn't a disaster because I was like, this is a fucking disaster because you went in wanting this little bit of hair off and you, you know, she chopped off like half of your hair. Uh, but later she started, you know, gotten really, got really upset about it when she starts to really set in like, Oh fuck my, my <laughs> look at my hair. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, just watching the whole thing uh, of how, you know, uh, I think a Hexat type would probably have this experience once and be like, fuck that hairstylist. I'm never fucking going back to that hairstylist again.
5: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: And, you know, she had she needed a haircut again. And she went back to the same person who absolutely butchered her hair the first time. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is like attachment to (laughs) this problem you know, and to try to make that problem work. It's like, this is a reoccurring thing in her life. And, you know, maybe at some point she'll be on to talk about this. All these different ways that she keeps going back to the problem and then trying to make it work because that's the pattern.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking of you, you guys, John and Emiko, having to tell me several times about certain people. and me me going back to the same person thinking a different thing's going to happen this time (laughs) i'm glad i finally understand why that's (laughs) that's
5: (laughs) like you you know it wasn't
2: it was an issue six months ago six months ago when we talked about it last time it's like here we are again the same fucking person having the same
4: fucking conversation (laughs) yeah and I say, but I had a conversation with her about it.
5: <laughs>
4: and then I and then I say, hey, I'll do the same conversation again. Yeah. And it'll make it better. <laughs>
2: uh. So it's like, yeah, I've been watching this play out and I'm it just, you know, I don't have any attachment. Types in my family so this is uh my first up-close experience of attachment types and just seeing like there's a way that there's an attachment to recreating certain problems and and almost like an amnesia about that problem
5: Mm, yeah you know
2: that that's that's part of it because i mean when i have when i experience a problem i don't have M- I don't have. I have the opposite of M- no. M- you're M- the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <totally>. <laughs> yeah. So that that's problem it. gets like tattooed in my psyche, and I'm like never, never again.
1: again. <laughs> no. So,
2: so uh, it's a it's a huge contrast because I wouldn't go anywhere near anything that looked like a, a problem that if it hurt bad enough the first time. Uh, but I'm seeing there's a way that's like, well, this time I'm going to make it work. This time, if I do this. Yep. It's going to be different this time. And I'm like, well, maybe
4: you shouldn't go back there at all. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that
1: toxic hope. Just keep hoping that maybe this time it'll be different.
3: The audacity, the audacity, audacity of hope.
1: hope. Yeah.
3: (laughs) So, I mean, this then kind of returns to what I said earlier about attachment types needing to find where to focus their superpowers of endurance. Um, Mm -hmm. And that requires getting very clear on like what the ego thinks is a potential for, for connection or attachment, you know, like what's, what are the things that occur that I see in somebody else that gets this whole attachment game going. And so that as I start to make those kinds of distinctions that help me individuate from trying to go back into the, you know, waters of attachment over and over again and try to like, navigate that and make it work and those kinds of things uh you know it's like how do i see what i as an attachment type have a proclivity to start like quote unquote working toward right
1: yeah, yeah. I, th- I think um part of that for me is part of what was brought up in the group chat a couple days ago about how you you kind of have to feel like the full range of emotions which i feel like um attachment types don't do very well. Hmm. Like you kind of have to allow yourself to like feel the disgust about the fucked up haircut or or the terrible job you're in or, you know, like really get mad about things and really feel it and kind of overreact. Like you kind Mm -hmm. of have to overreact so Mm -hmm. that you know that, okay, that's like really there.
3: That's great. Yeah, because like what's interesting is like you know i've you know i learn a lot from this all this like four verse nine bullshit that i get into you know and like (laughs) because it's such a contrast yet a lot of the same terms can describe both types and so you know one of the things i consistently see is this like you know we joke about the hashtag all the feels thing and how nines uh have a much wider range of feelings than fours but they also like are so prone to be overwhelmed by their own feelings because it's sort of like they, like it all hits them at once or something like this. And it becomes mm-hmm. this, you know, I'm too much, all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're right that there is, even though there's, there may be a sense or feeling that I as an attachment type feel a lot or even feel too much. At the same time, there's still a kind of keeping feelings at bay or delayed reactions or mm-hmm. feeling in small digestible increments.
1: Well, even in that statement, I'm feeling too much, it means you're you're putting a good or bad label on it. So you're yes. kind of policing yourself. Exactly. Like me feeling too much doesn't mean I've shown too much. It just me right. feeling too much.
3: Right. And it's kind of that Xander's mentioning the the division of centers, the compartmentalization of the dominant center from the other two centers.
5: Mm-hmm. So that
3: there is a way that I, as attachment type, and I nine most clearly, but as an attachment type, uh, I'm not all on the same page inside. So like, I'm not putting it, I'm not allowing all the inputs to hit me at once. So it's hard to get a clear reading on whatever circumstance I'm reacting to. Cause for example, um, you know, I go and get a bad haircut somewhere and instead of, uh, go, like having all my centers go, I didn't like that. And having the emotional impression of like, she didn't listen to me. The hairstylist didn't listen to me and the, the body sense of like, No. Uh, maybe like my, my emotions didn't like it, but my mind can talk myself into, well, you know, maybe it was, mm. I didn't give her the the chance or maybe my instructions to what I wanted were not clear. Maybe she didn't know the shape of my head well enough to do it, you know, whatever. Uh, it's like a, an, I always see attachment types, like one center hears the impression or the emotion or the advice and goes, yeah, that's right. And then another center talks the other two centers out of it. Yeah,
1: that's a hundred percent what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Like, for
2: example, back to the um bad, bad haircut example, I could tell she was upset. I mean, really upset. Mm-hmm. But and but there was a way where what was coming out of her mouth did not match what the other centers were saying. And mm-hmm. I felt like I had to embody the outrage and, and yes. yeah. you know to discuss that was I know was there, but wasn't being expressed. And so there's a way that mm-hmm. All the three centers are at war with each other, you know, in terms of what is going on with the situation. How do I feel about a situation? How am I responding to it? And that's where all this contradictory shit comes up. Where, you know, one one aspect of attachment type is going towards a fucked up situation, and the other aspect is is saying that well, we can make the situation work, and maybe the next week they'll switch up. And uh, that inability to locate themselves or it creates this storm where you you can't really find where they're at. It's like, well, was she really upset about that haircut? I know she is, but she's saying different things about, oh, it, it, she's actually, it's not her fault. It's really difficult to do this kind of hair and all this kind of stuff. And But then she's not really dealing with the emotional weight
4: of, I, I got another fucked up haircut from the same person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really important to me to uh this is abstract but the idea that the you know the attachment types and the and the triangle on the symbol it is it's cycling through it's circling it's not static so Mm -hmm. that's that that's that um confusion of the centers or whatever or one center convincing the other or two against one or whatever and it's nancy's Mm -hmm. fishing thing it's you know what i mean it's adapting and not adapting and not being being seen and not being seen it's it's all circling circling circling
2: right so xander is there anything else you wanted to say about not just attachment but any of the other ones or just anything you wanted to add
0: before we get off here well i mean i when john was saying oh i feel too overwhelmed i feel like i get into that constantly but it's interesting because to even be able to say that is means I'm already a distance from my emotions. Like, well, mm, yeah. oh, I feel overwhelmed means my emotions, what is going to overwhelm me is like over there. Like, I don't want you to overwhelm me, so I'm going to put you over there.
1: You're already disconnected if you're able right. to.
0: Right, yeah. rather than just letting me, myself, like feel those emotions. And so I think mm. that is where I think the, the disconnect, the attachment to this comes from. Like, I am attached to disconnecting for myself, hmm. and so, therefore, like I'm going to project that out into other people as well. I'm like you have to disconnect. Oh yeah, me there also. is.
2: Yeah. Can you just say that again? That was really good. Just just say
0: that. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> because of how my my type is structured in terms of the center, is like I'm attached to being disconnected from myself. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I I want you to be a, to be disconnected from me too, so that Damn. I am mm. do that work
1: calling himself out jesus (laughs) christ man (laughs) nice
3: (laughs) off of that xander um one of the things that alexander reports then is when she gets more in touch with herself all these different kinds of emotions and impressions and stuff come up that are not as familiar to her because she spent a lot of time disconnected from herself Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then she thinks something might additionally be wrong because it's like, Whoa, this is not familiar. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that attachment types need to give themselves a lot of room and permission and patience to, and curiosity about what comes up uh, around, you know, like, like that, that something unfamiliar or seemingly overwhelming is not bad. Yeah. Yeah. A conversation
2: with Beth.
3: Because, um, I mean, all
2: y'all know that Beth was the person who had that exorcism breathwork session in New Orleans. Xander, you didn't what? know. Now, well, you know. <laughs> well,
0: I was going to actually say, I mean, you can tell you me know, the story. Is like the places where I've most potently felt in touch with my, not in touch, but like in touch with myself is <laughs> under psychedelics. Like, yeah. the, like, I'm forced to. Like, there's no, I have no choice. Yeah, I have no yeah. choice and it's terrifying yeah so what i was going to say is that
2: the the trigger for that breathwork session was um me and beth getting together and you know she describes as that she didn't have a choice but to be present with me mm, and then yeah. being present um, with me
5: yes.
2: meant that all this stuff that she was disconnected from and that she's been pushing away from in terms of not feeling things were all come come rushing to the surface and so which manifested itself in the form of these uh, intense panic attacks that we had to do a breathwork session for. So, yeah, this, this is a huge insight, just this disconnected from yourself, which means you also have to maintain a disconnection from other people. And then you have these experiences like psychedelics or a soul connection into uh, uh, chemistry where you have to be present and you have to be connected to yourself. You can't run away. Mm-hmm. And that's what created this huge wave or this intense uh, transformative encounter with herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, this was great. I uh yeah. good. Yeah, thank <laughs> you so much, Sander. Yeah, that was you.
1: you're awesome. <laughs> oh, thanks.
0: <laughs> you all, y'all are great too
2: yeah this was great i'm going to be thinking about this i think a lot of uh, attachment types will benefit because mm-hmm. i remember early on in the year just you know just a, m- a bunch of people have been typed as attachment types trying to figure out what it means to be an attachment type and we've all been trying to figure that out as well and so
1: it means hell
2: <laughs> so so this insight i think is a huge piece of this puzzle i've Probably the biggest one so far. Like, I can see it. I
3: can see this pattern of, yeah. you know, disconnect. So it's thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> clarified a lot. And it's cool because, you know, I do think that on this level of understanding requires a lot of capacity to see oneself and to be real with oneself. And, you know, just, I mean, I think one of the big themes of this podcast is that um there is a desert of original insights and ideas out there on the Enneagram. And so to have something not just uh like that like you've brought and that Courtney has brought is just like amazing. Yeah. yeah. Let's shout out Sp- our Queen Courtney too. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Courtney's awesome. I'm-
3: I'm sure she'll have some thoughts on this because I think this yeah. is a pretty really
2: big <laughs> nugget. But yeah, hopefully we can have more discussions about this as we all think about it because I, I don't think we've even scratched the surface on how all this this uh, yeah. dis- disconnect shows up. So maybe we might do another one on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. all right.
4: All right. Thanks, Thanks Xander. Xander.
1: Thanks, yeah, everybody.
4: thank you, Xander. Uh, thank See you bye. guys bye. later. Peace. Bye. Later. Bye.